My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here. That you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. With your permission, Lord, here present with us in the Blessed Sacrament, we'll say a few words about the fact that you are here, truly present in the Most Blessed Sacrament. And because of that, perhaps how we should react. That the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the splendor of the Father, the second person of the Trinity, our Lord and our God, is here with us. Because it's so easy to become accustomed to your presence, so much so that we take it for granted, so much so that we treat you, perhaps not meaning to, with Without, uh, without much care. It's so easy to fall into. Because, Lord, you have humbled yourself. You have made yourself present to us in this, such, an, such, a, such an accessible way that we become used to you. And becoming used to you, we, it's almost routine having you with us in the Blessed Sacrament. Or perhaps we've never really seen, experienced, or heard preached the beauty of this gift, that you are with us. This is a very important characteristic of, of a Christian, of an apostolic soul, to have a deep devotion to you, Lord, because you are truly here. So, Lord, how can we? How can we love you more in the most blessed sacrament? St. Maria writes, he says, Isn't it strange how, how many Christians who take their time and have leisure enough in their social life, they are in no hurry, and following the sleepy rhythm of their professional affairs in eating and recreation, no hurry here either. Find themselves rushed and want to rush the priest in their anxiety to shorten the time devoted to the most holy sacrifice of the altar. Lord, how, how often do we rush you? Perhaps we've seen the holy sacrifice rushed by the priest. Perhaps that tone has been set poorly. Because, Lord, it, it can become so routine to attend Mass or to celebrate Mass every day, day in and day out. You're just part of my routine. Lord, help me to love you more. Let's make this fervent prayer. Lord, help me to love you more. Lord, inspire in my heart lively devotions of faith 
hope, and love. And he will give these gifts to us. And the greatest of these gifts is love. Lord, help us to love the sacrament of your love, the sacrament of your presence, the sacrament of the reconciliation of God with man, the Holy Eucharist. Help us to see with the eyes of faith and to say, as Thomas did, my Lord and my God. Especially when we see the most sacred host raised up at the consecration. It has been a tradition to say those words of Thomas, having encountered the risen Lord, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. Sometimes, Lord, even making the act of faith increases in us our faith. So we can stir up lively sentiments of faith, hope, and love. There are questions we can ask ourselves to kind of slow down and to take account of what's happening. This is becoming more popular in counseling services, more popular in its kind of pop psychology in a way, but it's, but it's real. It's this process of being fully present in the moment. And we can ask ourselves at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass or whenever we pass by a tabernacle, whenever we come to see you, Lord, in church, we can ask ourselves these questions. Be very mindful. It's mindfulness is what it's called. Be mindful of, of you. And we can say, Lord, at this Holy Mass, who becomes present? And say, Lord, at this Holy Mass, why do you become present? And Lord, at this Holy Mass, to whom do you become present? Who becomes present? You, Lord. Your body, your blood, your soul, and divinity. You are truly here. Why do you become present? For love of us. Because we are your beloved, and you never wish to be separated from us. And having the ability to do so, Lord, you are present with us. By the grace of your church. And to whom do you become present? To me. To you. These are three prayers, three questions that we can ask ourselves in prayer. That's really what prayer is. It's a conversation. And if you've ever been stumped in just conversation with, with friends or family or coworkers, a, a great way to kickstart the conversation again is to ask a good question. To ask a question that the person there wants to answer. And Lord, you want to answer these questions for us. So Lord, let's kickstart our prayer. Who becomes present? Why does he become present? To whom does he become present? And that will help us help stir within us this lively sentiment of faith, of hope, of love. St. Josemaria also writes, he says, Treat him well for me. Treat him well. 
words mingled with tears of a certain venerable bishop to the priests he had just ordained. Would that I have the power, Lord, and the authority to repeat the same cry in the ears and in the hearts of many, many Christians. When he wrote this, St. Josemaria didn't know that he, by the grace of God, would have that power to proclaim to many, many Christians as a saint of the church, treat him well for me. Treat him well. There's something that really does inspire the faith of others. And it's seeing how a person loves. Words are fine, words are great. But words backed by action, that says so much more. So when we, priests and laypersons alike, treat our Lord well, that says so much. That says more than anything I could say from this anvil. And it may cause someone who has been kind of in the, gotten into the routine of just, I'm just coming to Mass, it's just Mass again. Whatever. It can inspire them to say, what is going on here? What is so important about this? Why do they approach our Lord with such reverence? Why do they genuflect all the way to the ground? Not making a kind of a silly curtsy. It's always funny when I see men kind of curtsy a genuflect. What are you doing? And I'm the one who wears a dress. Cassock, not really a dress. But no, let's, let's, let's show our love with deeds. Let's show our love in, in, in how we genuflect. Let's show our love in how we, when we enter this space, we, we treat it like a sacred space. For it is, Lord. That when we approach the altar, we, we're, we're aware we're approaching the throne of the king of the universe. We're not running about the church. We genuflect with with piety, with love. And that when we receive you, Lord, we take care. Whether we're receiving standing or kneeling, in our hands and on our or on our tongue. Am I am I mindful of, of the details of, of doing this well? If we knew that someone was going to hand out like gold pieces, right? We would, we would, I, I'd stand in line for that. I'd stand dutifully in line. I'd be at my best behavior. And there's something greater than gold here. There's someone greater than gold. If someone handed me the Hope Diamond, one of those beautiful gems we have. I would handle it with such care. I would be so careful not, not, not to drop the diamond. I would gaze on that diamond with, oh, wow, it's so beautiful. But it's just a rock. And yet sometimes we'll receive our Lord 
we approach him kind of, I don't know, in, in, in jeans and a t-shirt or a, uh, an old sp- sports jersey, sandals. Not that all sandals are bad, ladies. There are some really nice sandals out there. Men, put on some shoes. But sometimes I'll receive you in my hand and then I'll kind of nonchalantly wave you around. No. To receive you. To receive you. Beautiful thing. Not to take you, but to receive you. And to make a throne with my hands. To, to kneel. And to open my mouth to, to be fed as a child is the greatest gift. There's a great beauty. I I, I noticed in my last parish, we installed an altar rail. I know, kind kind of a strange thing. You installed an altar rail? Yes. This thing weighed a ton every three feet. It's not moving anywhere. Solid marble. And something beautiful happened, and something people kept commenting on it. They said, as I kneel or I stand and I wait for the priest to come to me or the deacon to come to me to receive, I can be recollected. I can consider, why am I here? What am I doing? Why am I kneeling? I'm about to receive our Lord. And by the way, it's with just a, a priest and a deacon or a priest and two deacons or two priests and two deacons, it's much faster reception of Holy Communion. It's much more efficient reception of Holy Communion because it's the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the body of Christ. And you guys get to be recollected. The priest, boom, he's moving. Instead of the body of Christ. The body of Christ. Now, like three or four second gaps in between every communicant. Just as, a, as an aside. It's both, both efficient and reverent. But I digress. Lord, help us to treat you well. Help us to be recollected. Whether we're standing in line, whether we're standing to receive, whether we're kneeling to receive, Lord, help me to be recollected. To recognize this is the greatest gift I will ever receive. And it's you, Lord. And consider this. Lord, this is your covenant with us. Your everlasting covenant of love with us. As a bridegroom marries a virgin, so the Lord will marry you. Lord, you marry us. You give your very self to us. You promise your whole self to us at every Mass. So every Mass is the wedding feast of the Lamb. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the wedding feast of the Lamb, we say. And we respond with so much faith. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. But only say the word and my soul shall be healed. We respond with that tremendous faith of the centurion who says to our Lord, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. This gift is beyond me. Only say the word and my servant will be healed. We say that about us, about our Lord's presence with us, about the gift of the Blessed Sacrament. What a beautiful prayer of faith. Once again, we stir up in ourselves by our prayer, by our words, by speaking directly to you, Lord. There's a reason these meditations are 
kind of halfway speaking to you and halfway speaking to our Lord. Because, Lord, you're here. That very fact, the very, the very medium by which we speak today, proclaims to all who can listen that you are here. You are here. Treat him well for me, said that bishop. Let's say it again. Treat him well. Treat him well. It's worth considering this, that at Holy Mass, when we come down that aisle, we meet our Lord at the foot of this altar, at the first step of this altar, just like a groom meets his bride. And the two become one, right there, at that spot where we receive. That's the same spot where couples make their vows. And this time of year, it's like every week, sometimes twice a week. It's a beautiful thing. And our Lord watches us come up that aisle. with more love than any groom can watch his bride walk up that aisle. He is in awe of us. He is in awe of us, the Lord of the universe. He awaits us. He's passionately in love with us. And he gives himself to us. St. Maria writes, How that saintly young priest, who was found worthy of martyrdom, wept at the foot of the altar as he thought of a soul who had come to receive Christ in the state of mortal sin. Is that how you offer him reparation? Very often, we, we feel obligated to receive our Lord even when we know that we ought not, even when we're in a state of mortal sin, even when we have voluntarily separated ourselves from God by sin. That's what mortal sin does. That's the effect of it. So you wouldn't expect, uh, let's, let's go back to the, the analogy, the very apt analogy of a relationship. Right? There's a reason that at some point during marriage, at some point, somebody makes a mistake and the expectation is, you know what? You're, you're, you're staying on the couch tonight. I can't be with you. Right? That ought not to happen, but sometimes we do things that break the relationship. We separate ourselves from our beloved. And there's, oh, okay, I'm going to forgive you, of course. I need, need a moment, right? That you can't, in one moment, break the relationship and in the very next moment say, let's be together. Right? Not until we've gone to confession. And our Lord's response to us in the sacrament of confession is always the same. The humble, contrite heart, O oh God, you will not spurn. You never do. You always forgive us. Let's not presume. Let's make, not make a presumption of your, of your forgiveness. But never be afraid to approach you for forgiveness. Tell you what, brothers and sisters, don't be afraid to ask your priest to offer more confessions. If we hear it, we'll be able to answer and a lot of us need to hear that. A lot of us need to hear that. If your priest is hearing more confessions, doesn't mean he's better than any other priest. It's that 
you know what? Maybe they, that, that, that priest, young or old, has experienced that deep desire to be reconciled to Christ. He used to say to us, if you wish to be a good confessor, be a good penitent. Dear Lord, Lord, we need you. We need you, we need you. I want to be reconciled to you. So pray for your priests and encourage them to be that minister of mercy so that you can, as often as you can, receive our Lord worthily. Lord, you're so humble. You humble yourself to be with us. Lord of lords and King of kings. It's, it's, it's almost unbelievable. And in John chapter 6, hearing that we would have to, unless, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life within you. And people went, are you crazy? Yes, Lord, you are crazy. You're crazy in love. And a lot of them walked away. So once again, Lord, we need you to remind us. Fill us with faith. Stir up in us lively sentiments of faith, hope, and love. I'm asking for it, Lord. And you say, asking you shall receive. And there's nothing more that you desire than to be with us, to be in union with us. Ask and you shall receive this beautiful grace. You're so humble. St. Maria continues. He says, The humility of Jesus in Bethlehem and Nazareth on Calvary, but more humiliation and more self-abasement still in the sacred host, more than in the stable, more than in Nazareth, more than on the cross. That is why I must love the Mass so much. Lord, help me to love you. Help me to love the Mass. Regarding those times when we are perhaps not able to come to Holy Communion because we've separated ourselves from you, Lord, we can feel that peer pressure around us right, to go receive. And what will people think? Does it matter what they think? The answer is no. Because there could be any number of reasons. We could have missed the fast. We may not be in the state of grace. We might have just had an argument with our spouse in the car. And we're really kind of not in the right headspace. You know, and if you know you can't receive that day, purposely eat a Snickers bar in the car. I don't know. And then someone, and if someone ever were to ask you, you'd say, well, yeah, sorry, I missed the fast. You're not lying. <laughs> And there's something about that, Lord. When we can't receive you, we see others receiving you. Our heart longs for you. That absence makes the heart grow fonder. Lord, you can take even that, even this moment of separation for us, and make it the means of us falling more in love with you. Keep that in mind. Perhaps this moment, because, Lord, if you can take the cross and make the means of our redemption, you can take our voluntary separation from you and flip that on its head. Not that we should sin purposely, of course not. 
Even in those moments when we're separated from our Lord, Lord, make our heart grow fonder. Make us long for you. So that having been reconciled to you, then we receive you. We receive you with ever greater devotion. And we say to you, Lord, help me never to be separated from you ever again. As I remember that longing. Never do I want to be separated from you. Lord, I love you. Increase in our love even in those moments. There's a beautiful prayer. A prayer of spiritual communion. A short prayer of spiritual communion, which many people learned over the time when we were separated due to the pandemic. It's short, but it's profound. Lord, I wish to receive you with the purity, humility, and devotion with which your most holy mother received you, with the spirit and the fervor of the saints. And that doesn't need to be just a, a, a prayer of spiritual communion. It can be just a prayer we pray every day. Lord, I wish to receive you. I wish to love you. I wish to have faith in you. I wish to be a vessel of your divine love. I wish to have the faith of Our Lady that says yes to your will. And by that, yes, bring you out into the world. Mary, our mother, who always leads us to you, Lord, will help us, will increase in us faith in your presence in the most blessed sacrament, love of you in the most blessed sacrament, hope in you. Mary, who knows you so well, who bore you in her very body, will increase in us the desire to bear you as well, to receive you as well, and to make it possible for others to know you through that sacrament. So we ask Our Lady, we ask her intercession, especially in this beautiful month of May, to lead us to Jesus, to increase in us faith, hope, and love, especially in his most blessed sacrament. Holy Mary, our hope and seed of wisdom, pray for us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your grace to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.